I'm Noah. And I'm Ben. And you're listening to Product Journey. Hey, Ben. Hey, Noah. How are you doing? Pretty good. Uh, so this episode is going to be a little bit different than normal. Instead of talking through what we've been doing this last week, we're going to just choose a topic that we've kind of both been thinking about, and we're just going to talk through it. How's that sound? <laughs> Sounds good to me, but I'm already <laughs> in the know, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Hopefully, it want... sounds good to the uh, listeners as well. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, why don't you let us know if if you enjoyed the episode? <laughs> you know where to find. Yeah, us that'd be great. This. Get some feedback. That would be helpful to us for sure. <laughs> yeah, and we actually haven't asked for anything, right? <laughs> Any feedback? Uh, we should have done that yeah. before, I guess. <laughs> anyway, um, what we want to talk about is um, how we pick something to work on, or what we should work on, right? Yeah, I think yeah, I think this is good timing for both of us because we're both kind of thinking through ideas, and so yeah, just thinking through how do you think through ideas. I think is a good thing for us to talk about and hopefully it will be helpful to you listeners as well like because probably some of you are thinking through ideas as well I would assume um, or maybe wanting to start a a business so yeah Um, so Ben do you want to start us off with I don't know maybe starting out how you think through ideas Uh, sure thing Um, I think a long time for me it was that that saying solve your own problem that led me <laughs> led me to build stuff that I um that, that I had that I had a use for, right? And um being a developer oftentimes that meant just developing stuff that developers could use. Like my first projects that I didn't um didn't even try to monetize um were with things like snippet managers um that I could actually use in my day job. Um so I think that's an interesting mm-hmm. thing and as I grew older, I um, I think that kind of developed for me. So st- stuff that solves my own problem doesn't have to be just focused on my on my job as a developer. Um, c- could also mean that I don't know if if, if I see a problem in the kitchen, um, I could also imagine myself building something that solves a problem in my kitchen, right? Um, but mm-hmm. that kind of that kind of took time for me to to get behind that. I think. Um, I don't know. Have you? We haven't actually talked about that. Have you built products that you like that the world didn't see at all? And maybe did you also try to solve your own problems with them? Um. Yeah. Let's see. So I think I've in the past just like built stuff mostly because I was interested in it, or I was interested in like the technologies, um, and other most of my projects that I've built other than coffee pass really never <laughs> really made it that far <laughs> um, but I, I do think that is pretty important to like build something that you are interested about or care about like you're not going to want to spend a lot of time on something that you aren't interested in or care about yeah. <laughs> and I think I definitely learned this more with coffee pass too like because to some extent like I am really interested in Coffee Pass. Like, I like the, <clears throat> I like the idea of like the technology behind it. Like making an order head system, making like the apps and the software that make that solution possible. But what I found even more so, like I guess more 
down the road as I was getting into it that I don't care enough about coffee or like the coffee niche. <laughs> um, and so I definitely felt even more so that like scratch your own itch. Um, cause like I was scratching my own itch from a software perspective and business perspective of like how to make this thing work, but oh, I wasn't yeah. scratching my itch from a niche perspective of like what I'm, who I'm building for. Um, and so I think that's important too. Like, do you care about the people that you're building for? And is that something you're really interested in? Cause you're going to have to be talking to those people and helping those people for, you know, maybe years to come. Yeah. So it's, it kind of lacked a, a founder product fit. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Definitely. Um, so I think that's definitely one of the one of the really important things to starting a business that it, like you're saying that it's something that you're interested in, scratch your own niche. Let's see what else can we dive into that's important. Um, let's see. So I think uh, especially with what we're trying to do, and probably people that are listening, you know, people that are wanting to bootstrap ideas and kind of like indie hackers like you're so entrepreneurs in a lot of cases i think that limits a lot of the ideas that you can go for as a founder um i mean there's there's lots of ideas that are very hard and ambitious <laughs> you know like maybe going to uh mars <laughs> yeah <laughs> um like I just don't think those are going to be possible. Yeah, you're not going to bootstrap your way to Mars, no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someday it's possible. <laughs> I bet someday it's possible. <laughs> Probably not right now. Um, um, so I think there's lots of ideas along that line that like you kind of have to n be smart about and know to stay away from. Um, and then I think I think there's a line here because there are definitely some social networks that work, but I think a lot of social platforms are also in a space where they're just so difficult to get started and get going that as one person, it's really hard to do that. Um, yeah, you're referencing narrow right now, right? Um, I mean, not. <laughs> I'm not necessarily bringing narrow out, but I mean, it could be in that niche, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I feel that right now because I'm kind of going ahead a little bit, but um, Justin Jackson recently talked about this um, going into markets that already have momentum and how you actually identify them. Um, and it's something that I feel with Nero, I kind of didn't do. Um, but it makes a lot of sense, I feel, because um, j just building it and they come, we all know that doesn't really work. Um, mm hmm so, so you have to make sure that there are actually people um, who want what you've built, right? And I feel that with Narrow, there are people who want that. I feel that there is a movement of people um, wanting to narrow down what they consume because, you know, following a thousand people on Twitter will give you crap content <laughs> um, mm -hmm. and there might be better ways to do it. But at the same time, I feel that it's really hard to reach those people. Um, and that is mainly, in my opinion, also because there is not enough momentum for people. Like there is not enough um, motivation to really make a switch, I guess, because it, it's not all bad with the platforms that exist, right? Um, so I feel that with Narrow, that is that is a big point, actually, um, having a market. Um, yeah, definitely. 
I like, I definitely like what Justin's saying there, like choose a market that will, that is growing and that can carry you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is, again, like with bootstrappers, so entrepreneurs, I think that is really probably important. Um, I, there's this book called Zero to One um, by Peter Thiel. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a big kind of startup guy. He started PayPal um, and some other things. Um, but like in the startup world, which is kind of what I was more taking a lot of my advice and learnings from, especially when I started Coffee Pass, like mm-hmm. people are all for going, <laughs> like they're, they're going for the ideas that are, are really big and game changing that they're almost like trying to create a new market. And I think <laughs> yeah. Peter Thiel even says in that book, like go like basically go for the ideas that are creating a new market. Um, like, I mean, that's what like a lot of, you know, the big startups today, that's what they kind of had to do to be where they are. Like, I don't know, like Airbnb, um, Google didn't necessarily do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's some other ones, but Airbnb, I guess is the one that sticks out in my mind. Cause like, there's no one really sleeping, um, in other people's homes, <laughs> strangers homes before they got started. So they kind of made a new market, which meant because it's a brand new market, there's a huge opportunity for them. Yeah. Um, and I guess in contrast, I'm thinking like bootstrappers because we don't have the resources because maybe it's just one person. Like I do think Justin's advice is very correct for, I guess us, like find a market that's already working. That's kind of, because then it's like the market does some of the work for you. You don't have to push the boulder up the hill. It's like the boulders are always kind of, already kind of like rolling down this hill and you just kind of have to get behind it. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent agree. Um, I mean, it's, it's actually, it's good advice for startups to, um, to, to create a new market because then they have the monopoly in it. Right. It makes sense, yeah, yeah. Um, but they also have the money to create that market. And I feel that as bootstrapper, we don't. And I kind of feel that with narrow right now. <laughs> just what you said <laughs> yeah at the same time um, i think what justin said initially when he when i first thought about it, it was like it doesn't make a lot of sense but when you think about it a second time it does because what he says is also kind of like go go there where, the, where there are already solutions for for the problem right um so, so mm-hmm. it feels a little bit counterintuitive because the problem is already solved to a certain extent um, but but I think it still makes a lot of sense when you think about it because it might not be solved to the extent that you wish it was or other people wish it was. Um, so there is still room for, um, let's take Intercom, for example, who offer this chat widget and stuff like that. Um, there's still room for improvement in a lot of areas and one of them might be pricing, for example. Uh, like you, you mm-hmm. don't have to target the top top 500 companies of the world with your product and accordingly you don't have to charge as much as intercom does might just focus on um on smaller shops or smaller businesses and i think that's interesting and if you think about it a second time that's that's basically the conclusion you come to yeah i think that is really interesting and i'm wondering if i don't know in in tech are we coming to kind of like a new era where very similar companies can actually exist in kind of their own space because I feel like I mean at least a couple of years ago I felt like the, the the wisdom or the knowledge being put out there was that tech is very much so a one takes all kind of market where like 
only only one big company can can take that area or you know maybe a couple but it's like if you know if google's in that area you can't survive you can't compete with them so don't even try kind of yeah. thing yeah. or i feel like it's now more so like there's people coming out and like doing something that's just a little bit different in their own way and they're able to make a successful business out of it yeah, like definitely. i mean even that's kind of like what so i guess just some examples like convert kit like mailchimp and others have been around for email stuff for forever and then yeah. you know convert kit makes it a little different or like transistor even like you know podcast hosting has been around for a really long time and then transistor came out and did basically the same thing but kind of had their own twist on it maybe even their own marketing i'm not really even sure what's different yeah in some i think ways. transistor is a good example actually because i think if they would actually acquire a really huge customer they would run into bandwidth issues um which would cost them a lot of money so they actually i think they <laughs> i think right now they're actually happy that they don't have um huge customers on their on their list because that would put them in trouble right now so they are actually focusing on the smaller people or smaller businesses right um, and actually, because mm -hmm. you mentioned it, Mailchimp is a good example because Mailchimp also, I think they even, um, I think Tiny Letter is a product of Mailchimp, right? Um, so they realized that um, there is there is room for um, not just the enterprise solution, but also for let's let's say freelancers or sm small companies um, sending us new sending out new newsletters. Um, so so they actually created a second product themselves, which is Tiny Letter. Um, so just like you said, mm -hmm. there is a there is a certain coexistence or room for coexistence, definitely. Yeah, and uh, I was talking to Joshua Anderton. Um, he was on the podcast a couple episodes ago. Yeah, um, he was saying like how he thinks there is more room for businesses like this where. I don't know, almost like, you know, how there's there's lots of maybe lawn mowing businesses or there's lots of physical businesses where there's a lot of those businesses that are pretty much the same business. And he was saying that he thinks that there's space for those kind of businesses online where basically people doing the kind of the same thing, but they're, you know, going out and finding their own customers and that that can support, you know, an indie solo entrepreneur um, I don't know. So I think that's really interesting. Like, should we be, should our ideas be going for those kind of businesses then? Like almost just finding something out there that's already working, it already exists, um, and then putting our own twist on it? I feel that it, that it should be that way. I feel that with Narrow, I, um, I was very ambitious. I mean, it's a very ambitious project. But if I, if I, would, if I would do it again, I'd probably not build it <laughs> which is something you know it's hard to say that but i would probably go for something else something that is um maybe not yeah maybe just like we said something that already exists but with a twist or for a niche i think that's good mm -hmm. advice <laughs> yeah it's like the other thing that people always say with ideas is to focus on the problem not the solution um because I think we can get wrapped up a little bit too much, especially as makers, like thinking of awesome solutions to things. And then we're just trying to find a problem that it goes with. And so if we flip that around, which I think it's really hard to do that sometimes, like just thinking of the problem first and then <laughs> coming with a solution later. Yeah, that's true. I mean, with Nero, I actually, I thought there is a problem. I still think there is. <laughs> um, having oh, yeah, feet, for sure. I, I, I think it's still there. 
Um, but as a, as a single founder, I think it's just hard to pull off or it will take longer than, than I could. I mean, I could probably monetize other products easier or quicker than I can do it with narrow. That's how I feel. <laughs> um, at the same time, I also think it's important why we, um, like coming back to the original question, what we want to work on. Also, why are we trying to work on something at all, right? Um, and for me, it, it kind of became apparent just recently that I also want to quit my day job at some point. And that's harder to reach with projects like Narrower. So that's also why I'm thinking I might start a second project. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it has to be a business, an idea that has value that uh, someone's willing to pay for. <laughs> yeah, just like that. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and, you actually and I feel like... Yeah, go ahead. Um, I was going to say, I feel like a lot of the ideas and businesses that people are willing to pay for end up being businesses for other small businesses. Because like businesses are usually a lot more willing to pay for yeah. things because they're going to make money off of whatever your product is. Like yeah. they're using your product to make money. Where if you're making something for customers, then like the the value has to be something else. Like it has it has to be not helping them make money. It has to be like, I don't know, entertainment or them learning something. Or I mean there's lots of different value propositions, but typically they don't in turn give that person more money. Yeah, it's way harder selling um, selling to customers instead of businesses. Because um, I have seen that a lot. Like a lot of the indie businesses seem to be focusing on businesses. Yeah, I agree. I think that's easier to uh, easier to pull off. Um, before we started chatting, you actually sent me the validation checklist from Cortland Allen. Um, yeah, maybe we can pick up some of those because uh, what I just said about Nero is also kind of on there. Uh, where it says channel model fit um, is my pricing model high enough for me um, to get to profitability and that is something that also just like I mentioned I'm, I'm kind of questioning that because it's a social network and there are not many paid social networks um, plus you only get reduced content right so, so actually doing less than Twitter or Facebook and asking money for it which is hard to hard to sell I guess yeah that's definitely true and we'll we'll put this uh, Cortland's start validation checklist. We'll put this in the show notes for sure, so you can check it out. There's just like I don't know, it's pretty extensive. There's hundreds of lines of <laughs> basically questions to ask. Of is this the right idea for you um, to build? And so maybe maybe we can just run through a couple of these and talk more about them. Um, so in first he has like in the market. Do you know who your target customer is? Um, are you your own target customer? Can you describe the target customer's problem? Do the customers encounter this problem frequently? Is this a valuable problem for them? Uh, so let's see. So those are definitely some good things to think about with your with the market. Um, what I found very interesting is basically the, the sections of the points about channels because I feel that if you have built something, and let's just assume you, you get to that point where you where you built something, um, then how do you get the word out? And I think that's where channels are very important. Like how do you um, how do you find those channels uh, in the first place, right? Where do, you, where do you look for customers basically? I think that's very hard to do. 
Yeah, and I think some of the channels, you can, like, maybe you should be trying, we should be trying to test out some of those even earlier than, like, before we've built the product sometimes. Like, like we should be trying to validate a lot of these ideas um, before we start building. Yeah. Um, can can we sell in this channel? Do we know the the customers in this channel well enough to know their problems to be able to talk to them and and kind of relate? Um, trying to answer a lot of those questions, I think, makes sense. Yep, I agree. Um, it's funny. It's also mentioning personal strengths and weaknesses. I like that a lot. <laughs> like like do I like can I can I use mm -hmm. any skills that I have from my day job or something like that? Yeah, that is really good to think through. <laughs> and I think we do have a huge advantage there because we're both developers. <laughs> so you and I, it's, it's kind of kind of good, like having that yeah. skill set and like being able to to do all the work by ourselves. At the same time, I feel that we might like marketing skills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So for the the developer thing you're talking about, like basically using your day job as an advantage like using the skills you're learning in your day job as something it's like i've been thinking about that like since i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna be an ios developer now should my next project be an ios app that's a good because, question because because well one it will kind of benefit me in my day job like yeah. i will, will kind of help me like at, in my job like because I'm building an iOS app, just have more experience with iOS. But then also whatever I learned from my day job will then in turn help me be able to build that, build a really good iOS app. Um, and so I've been thinking about that as kind of one of the areas I could go into, but I'm just kind of struggling with mobile right now. Like <laughs> I think again, kind of going back to being able to make money and stuff, I think mobile apps are not necessarily the best for that area. Like mostly mobile apps have to do with, um, you know, things where people are out on the go. Um, and it's also probably selling to customers instead yeah, of businesses again. It's more B2C. Yeah. And so I, I kind of feel like that would be, I couldn't be in the niche of helping other entrepreneurs where I think I, that's probably where I want to be. Mm -hmm. Um, and so Ugh, I, I don't I, I I'm not sure what I think about that but I've been trying to think of ideas in the iOS space for sure because of kind of this point here that Cortland has that like use your day job to your advantage yeah I think it's a good point definitely <laughs> um let's see so then Cortland has kind of a section on personal goals so I think this is definitely a good thing to think about with your business and ideas and something that I've uh, I, I've appreciated the community of indie hackers and entrepreneurs has really I think jumped more on this point more so than the past because I think in the past like with startups it's more just about <laughs> making a successful business uh, making lots of money from your business yeah. those kind of things <laughs> we're now people are starting more so I think to dial in on like, is this even something you want to do? <laughs> is it a space you care about? Is it something that you are going to spend the next 10 years of your life building? 
Yeah, just like you said in the last episode, uh, building coffee pads and not being a huge, <laughs> huge coffee lover, basically. Yeah, so it's like, I, I do, yeah, I like that people are starting to think like, would I be able to enjoy my life and build this business at the same time? Like how much time a week am I going to have to spend on this business? And is that what I want to actually do? Yeah. 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 That's, I feel that's something I should have thought about more thoroughly before building narrow, because I came kind of just in the recent weeks on vacation, came to the conclusion that it will take a long time to monetize, but it's, I mean, (laughs) I'm obviously not doing this for fun. I mean, I'm doing it for fun, but not only for fun. Um, mm-hmm. so it should be it should be paying some bills at some point and um i wasn't so much aware that i that it's such an important point for me to actually make money off of it yeah so i guess for you what are some of your personal goals with your business other than obviously you know being able to start uh, paying the bills and stuff like that i mean the end goal will actually be to just quit the day job just because it gives you a lot of freedom And I think that's the main driving factor, but that also includes obviously making the money to be able to do that, right? (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. It is still more important to me what I work on and that it actually is useful to people. I think that's the most important thing. I'm I'm working at an agency for the day job, as you know, Um, and a lot of times you're just building those, uh, yeah, you're just building websites that don't get much, I mean, they get looked at a lot, but they don't provide much um, much use to the people, right? Unless maybe it's an online shop or something like that, then it gets used basically. But a lot of websites are just mm-hmm. like nice to look at. <laughs> and um, yeah. that gets boring over time. So I just want to make something that gets used and is useful to people. Um, and actually, if, if I think if I get to the point where that happens, it's also worth paying for. Um, Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's some kind of a sweet spot that I want to reach <laughs> with the next thing I'm I'm building. Yeah. I think my personal goals are pretty similar. Like I think I want to build something that is helpful for other people and I think that's what will kind of motivate me to keep doing mm-hmm. it um and that will make me enjoy it. Um I think also like personal goals like I I will, I, <laughs> I mean it's it's kind of hard to be able to choose a business that follows some of these things but like it'd be nice to have a business that was like not crazy on the support side yeah (laughs) where like you're just you know you're every day you're just like helping people with support and issues and problems so i don't know and i think maybe you can you can lower that by i guess just how you build the product and like building it in a way that doesn't require a lot of that but I, I definitely think there are some ideas or businesses that are just, they're more likely to have issues with it or maybe even choosing like a niche. Like if I choose a niche of people that are, let's say coffee shops hmm. owners, for example, <laughs> people that aren't necessarily on their computers a lot, they don't necessarily know technical stuff that much. Like most likely they're going to have more support <laughs> issues yeah. where if I choose a niche of entrepreneurs or tech or developers, even maybe like they can figure it out on their own. <laughs> yeah. They will, they will send you emails reporting the bug and the solution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks for doing my work. <laughs> exactly. So I think finding something like that like would be ideal just because obviously, I, I mean, I think 
support in that area isn't maybe as fun. Um, I think another personal goal would be basically something that allows me to be very flexible where I can, you know, choose to maybe be gone for a week or two, like <laughs> yeah. on vacation or being able to hang out with family. Um, and obviously I think some of those goals are most likely very far down the road. Like mm-hmm. those would be after the business is starting to be successful um, and kind of things are just kind of running. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> those are some of my personal goals that I guess I should be thinking about when I'm choosing an idea. Like, does this idea kind of fit in that or or not? Yeah, 100%. Um, there's one more thing we, we wrote down before we started the talk. Um, and it was about founder market fit. Uh, you want to you wanna elaborate a little bit on that? Sorry, it cut out for a second there. What did you say? Oh, uh, we 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 um before we started talking, we wrote a little bit down, and we or, or you wrote down something about founder market fit. You want to elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah. So I mean, I think we've touched on this a little bit, but like, yeah, basically finding your strengths and and doing things that building a business that you actually have some expertise in or knowledge in. Um, I was listening to a podcast on, yeah, I think it was on Indie Hackers where Mub Iqbal, I, I don't, I might be saying his name wrong, <laughs> but he, he started Pod Hunt and um, I thought it was pretty crazy. He was talking about how he's done like 80 projects in the mm-hmm. past um, and for the most part, he always just did those projects because of something that he wanted to do, something he was interested in. He wasn't thinking about the revenue side or like making money really at all. Um, but he made all those more so because of the founder market fit of, is this something that he could do that he would want to do? Um, and he kind of, his kind of advice was like starting projects that way. Like you can figure out the, the business model, all that stuff later, like focus on building something that you really care about and that you want to do and that you have a fit for, uh, kind of as the most important thing, because if you do that, the, it's more likely that you'll be able to make a successful business that can make money. Um, so I thought that was kind of an interesting take on it. Um, I don't know if I would go all the way to that extreme just because mm-hmm. of some of the other things we've already talked about, but I think that is like, definitely good to think about uh founder market fit because um, i think that does kill a lot of startups and kills a lot of businesses um you know people because it's, it's 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 so hard to start a business so once you get a couple months in and it, if it's not something you really care about and that you have hmm. a great strength to build i think that's how a lot of businesses die is they're like i don't really want to do this anymore <laughs> yeah I was, I was gonna say what's what's really hidden inside there is the long-term motivation part right um that you they actually yeah. find something you can imagine working on a year from now and that's that's hard to do right yeah i agree <laughs> yeah so maybe maybe the last thing we can touch on is so i, I guess we kind of talked about and ju- and jumped around like what are the right kind of ideas and the kind of things to think about? How do we 
apply that? Like, how do we actually find the idea or the problem to actually start working on? Well, that's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you have any any thoughts on that? Yes and no. (laughs) I mean, like, is it something that we just start thinking about? Like, just start writing all of our ideas down, or I I don't know. For me, maybe maybe I can elaborate a little bit on what what's on my mind right now because. As you know, I might have made not the best decision building ever. <laughs> I mean, I don't regret it. It's, it was it was fun, and it is still fun, and I will keep doing it. Um, but I learned a little bit along the way, and I might start a second thing. So for that second thing, um, I, I kind of just stumbled upon it. It's basically for me, it was like observing stuff that I do on a daily basis, doing stuff online, um, and seeing stuff that doesn't work. Um, and if, if I'm using it regularly and if I see 500 other people using it regularly with me at the same time, um, and all kind of complaining about the same thing, that's when I think you should, you should start focusing, (laughs) focusing on it and, and try to analyze if there is something that you could do about it. Um, because then at the same time, I think you already have this founder product fit, um, because it's already a problem that you're trying to solve it with something that you're that you're using on a daily basis and i think that's a good idea i hope yeah <laughs> yeah i like that i like i think that makes i think that's probably is one of the best ways to do it just like observing problems and things that are around you that you see um yeah. and if you think and it's kind an of not thing, forcing it yeah but if you think it's an interesting thing to solve and something that you could imagine yourself doing for a long time then you should probably act on it or at least talk to people about it maybe you will i think that's something that i should do right now before building something again um just talk to people and see what they say and maybe maybe they have different opinions that might actually convince you not to go for it for some reasons or that that might actually encourage you to do it (laughs) yeah I think, uh, yeah, like starting with the niche that you want to serve and that you care about and that you're interested in and just like start thinking about problems or, or, or just like spend, like you're saying, like spending time in that space. I think that's where you'll start to see like, oh, people in this space have this problem or how did they solve this and start like asking questions um, in your own mind. And then if you find some things like, oh, maybe this this could be a problem that people need help with then you can start asking those people the questions as well to see their perspective on it i i think that's probably the best way to do it especially with trying to find you know an idea that's something that you're going to want to work for long term compared to i know there's some like startup shops and places where it's like everyone gets in a, a room and they're all like, all right, let's think of ideas. Yeah. Come on, throw out your best ideas. We're going to write <laughs> all these on the whiteboard and then we're going to choose the best ones. <laughs> um, I've actually been in, oh, where was this? This was a couple of years ago. We were kind of trying to, we were getting involved, me and a friend were like getting involved in an incubator. Uh-huh. And there were kind of these investor guys that, that's what they did they just they got us all in a room and (laughs) we all just (laughs) yeah we we started throwing up ideas on the whiteboard and 
we had like a list of 30 ideas that were just crazy different ideas and then we kind of went through talked through each one what's good about it, what's bad and then started crossing things off the list and like ended up on one idea <laughs> and um what happened think, afterwards did you like <laughs> did you start so, building <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, this, this is a pretty funny story. So it was <clears throat> it was an idea of the idea we landed on had nothing to do with anything I cared about <laughs> or I think my friends. It was an idea of uh, basically using people's Facebook profiles. Mm -hmm. They would sign up with their Facebook profile or Instagram and then the service would go through all their pictures and find piece like using I, I guess uh, image recognition to find different pieces of clothing they're wearing, and uh -huh. then the the user could then go through and say like I want to sell this piece of clothing or not, um, and then on the on the website people could then look through and see the pictures from their Facebook profile and and see like oh that shirt they're wearing is for sale, and they could like buy it without having to like make a post about whatever they're wearing it's more like it's it kind of automates some of that just from your previous facebook images and stuff <laughs> man i mean i mean the idea is not that bad to be honest <laughs> well the problem is is kind of some of those things we're talking about like product like yeah. founder market fit like we i don't care about clothes i'm not stylish <laughs> at all <laughs> yeah at the same time you would need to evaluate how many people are buying clothes from pictures on Facebook. <laughs> it, it kind of likes well, the part that I learned the hard way that you should actually talk to people. I think that, that yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of like a new, it was, it was kind of like a new market kind of idea. So mm. then the next day we were actually uh, coding at a hackathon. And so we built an MVP of this idea in 24 hours. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, but needless to say, after that, we we're like, we shouldn't be doing this. This isn't a good idea. Why are we spending our time on this? And I don't know. Anyways, it just makes me think like that's definitely not the right way to come about an idea. Like that's kind of forcing it a little bit too much, I think. <laughs> I mean, having... <laughs> That, that's actually a good good way to end the show i think because now we know what not to do <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah yeah so that, that was definitely interesting lots of good things to think about it's it's very hard i think to come up with the right idea and with even just this list there's so many variables and things to think about that it's it's not an easy process yeah um and that actually one other thing that makes me think of is there's a lot of people that say that the idea is not that important. Important, like the the most important thing is execution. Have you heard mm -hmm. that? Yeah, I heard that. Um, do you agree with that? Like, what do you think about that? What, what's the most important thing? Like the <laughs> idea, execution. I think again that there is a sweet spot. I mean, you um, you can probably have a product that is not perfect as long as it's working um, <laughs> but it needs to solve a real problem i think i think that's the most important part about it um c quality can be improved upon like the, f the mm -hmm. first version of of let's say twitter or instagram or something they weren't perfect um it, they, they're still not perfect 
Um, they are still improving, uh, but they are solving they are solving a need, and that's that's what you need to. That that's the mm -hmm. thing that you need to do. Um, so yeah, the idea and the quality. I think there needs to be, especially if there are already solutions out there. That you also need to produce something with a certain quality because otherwise, why should people use use what you just built, right? They won't yeah. use something that is years behind the competition. I think, quality wise, especially because it's the same idea then, or mainly the same idea. Like you can't compete mm -hmm. with Intercom uh, with, with a similar product, but have quality wise something that is years behind that. Um, so yeah, I, I would say that. I would still say that. The idea is more important than the quality, especially in the early days, but you need to improve the quality rather quick if you see that the idea is worth pursuing. Yeah, because like in some ways, if you have, you know, if your execution is amazing, um, if you're doing, if you're executing on the wrong idea, it's still, yeah. it's going to be worthless. Um, yeah, I feel like both are really important. Um, I, I, I just always think that's funny when people say that the ideas worth nothing without like the execution execution <laughs> and i think it's actually true both ways like they're both very important things um and i think in some ways like with bootstrappers so entrepreneurs like we've been saying like in some ways finding that perfect idea is is even harder sometimes yeah. because it has to fit something that you as a solo entrepreneur can 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 execute on like it might not even be possible and so i think in some ways that makes it kind of more important um i mean yeah i think both are really important um yeah i mean if you so, would ask me what is harder for me at least i would say finding the right idea that's definitely harder than building something that looks very polished and very professional right from the start <laughs> because that's what yeah, i do for a living sense. right <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true that's a good point it's like we're software developers like we know we can build this technically maybe there'll be some road bumps and yeah. stuff to figure out but it's like we know it's possible where the idea is more like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's it's sometimes hard to find the right idea. Also, because there's, like, there's no limit, right? You could basically build anything that you can think of. That makes it way harder. At least for me, that's the <laughs> that's a problem. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully that was uh, helpful to some of you guys listening, and uh, we appreciate you for following the podcast. And I think uh, that's it. Yep. Um, we'll see you uh, next week, and you can find our show notes in at productjourney.fm. Yep. Talk to you next week.